let's dive a little into the mechanics, dynamics, the underpinnings of listening skills. In coaching, coaches are taught one of the greatest skills to develop as a coach is listening skills. How do you listen not only to internalize, not only to empathize, not only to be able to integrate what the other person is saying, but also listen to feel what the other person is saying, not necessarily feel to respond or feel to process or feel to react to what the other person is saying, but just listen to listen or listen to think or listen to internalize what the other person is saying. And uh, also sometimes listen to be able to allow a deeper intuition to develop in a conversation that way just by conversing with a person, just by communicating with them, that itself could open up a space for greater clarity around that particular conversation to invite and embrace new insights, new innovative sparks of clarity and uh, insight, wisdom into the conversation at hand. So how do we do this? What is something particular that we can take um, from our discussion right now about listening that can help us be more attentive, to help us be more productive in a conversation around listening, specifically around listening. If we're not necessarily doing the talking, but if we just want to hone our skills and develop our skills, advance and enhance our skills for listening, what exactly is it that we should look out for? So going back to the last podcast, we discussed two words that are very important. We discussed words micro and macro. We discussed words like abundant mindset or constricted mindset. If you want to refer back to the last podcast, that's fine. But this will be also a standalone session, a standalone uh, insight into our discussion today. When you're listening to someone's words... That's a big indication. It's a very big insight into their psychology, into the way they process existence, into the way they process their awareness. Awareness alone is not necessarily filtered. Once awareness comes through the the human condition, the human psyche, we go through different processes of filtration. We filter our process through our spiritual lens, through our cognitive mental lens, right brain, left brain, to our emotional ends, and then through even our practical lens on life. So the language that a person uses to filter their awareness is very important because that can give you a very big insight into how energetic they are about what it is that they're processing, what it is that they're filtering. So for example, if someone uses the word big or great or expansive, Those are very generous words. That person is very macro. That person is filtering and processing any insight or any awareness that they have that's coming down from the that's coming down from the highest place of awareness of the self, from the mind to the heart to action. They're processing it in a very expansive way. It's very macro oriented. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. But if the person, let's say, is speaking in a very macro in macro terms, then and the conversation is around them wanting to come to 
a, a specific goal or to be more strategic about something, then obviously you can reverse engineer that and say, listen, they're very macro, but in this situation, if they want to be practical about something, they need to become more micro. They need to focus on the details. They need an actionable plan. Somebody that's very creative, has a lot of ideas or an idea, and he wants to bring that idea to life in physical terms and practicality, they need to niche down. They need to focus in a very detailed manner into the details of how that idea could be practically implemented in a strategic way. So you want, you want to help the individual that has macro terms, very abundant, very big words, get detailed. You want to help them get detailed. You want to help them get clarity around a strategy, practical. So you're helping them go from macro to micro. Now, the other way around, if someone's very macro, uh, micro oriented or he's, the language he's using is very micro, he's usually like small or focused or it's very detailed or it's very exact. Words like this, it could be positive words like that, or it could be negative words like that. I'm not necessarily getting into words that are positively charged or negatively charged. When you're listening to the person's language, you're getting a, more often than not, a more general view of the way they carry themselves, of the way they internally communicate in their inner network between their mind and their heart and the psychology and the overall outlook on life and their daily perspective or their occasional perspective or how flexible they are, or how fixed, maybe even the word stubborn, or maybe how adaptive they are. The words are a very big indication into how people process life on many different levels, like we said. So if they're very micro, you want to help them look at the bigger picture, because they're very stuck in details. There's nothing wrong with that. When you're doing something to be focused, extraordinarily focused and sharp, and a sniper, but if people are too focused on the details, they can miss the bigger picture. And a lot of times, more often than not, it's very important to take a, a bigger look, to take a step back and see the bigger picture on things, especially when it comes to self-reflection. That's a topic in its own. How do you self-reflect effectively and on a daily basis and make it a habit? But seeing the bigger picture when, in general, you're very micro, or more often than not, your language is indicating micro language, micro terms. Seeing the bigger picture is very important. So when you speak to someone and they're using very small-minded or very constricted words, then you want to take a step back and be like, for example, so what's, but what's the bigger picture here? Or what's the bigger outcome? What's the bigger result? How are we advancing in a bigger way here? Like, I understand this is the small details. But how is this going to help the bigger picture? How is this going to help the people around? How is this going to help your family or your friends? That's just an example. So over here, we just gave a few examples of words, listening, where, where you could be listening to respond, but more than that, you're listening to gain an insight into the way a person thinks, into the way they process, into the way they feel. A lot of times you can listen to a person and you could also sense, you could also listen carefully you could hear them and you will feel and think and hear, are they saying words that are emotionally charged or are they saying words that are intellectually charged? Now, if they're saying words that, again, this is another example, if they're saying words that are very intellectually charged and it's a very emotional conversation, then a good goal in the conversation should actually be a good focus 
is to help them use emotional words because the point of the conversation could be to want to get them to feel. And the opposite is also true. If they're using emotional words and you want them to think or strategize and see things from a bigger picture, then you want to get, you want to ask them like, okay, fine. I understand this is the way you feel, but what would be a word that would replace this feeling in a non-feeling way, in a non-feeling expression? Like excitement. What's the equivalent of excitement, but in it from an, uh, an intellectual standpoint? It could be fascination. It could be admiration. It could be gratitude. A lot of times we could find words that are equivalent in an emotional way in, in their, in a intellectual way or the opposite. We could find an emotional word that describes an intellectual state. So again, sometimes people could be emotionally cluttered and it's good to help them come to a thoughtful space of a perception of a vision of a stance of seeing things. Some some people sometimes people are overly emotional, and you want to step back and help them see things from a bigger picture. Helps them help them recalibrate their emotions. Sometimes they're too stuck into that emotion, so you want to speak in more general terms, or ask them to replace the emotional words that are negatively charged with more positive words. But in general. We've discussed just a few ways how listening could really help you give you an indication into a person and into their deeper processes. Now, you could listen just to listen, just to get it to feel the other person out. You could listen to gain insight into that into their conversation, their feeling, their sentiment, their psychology. But you could also listen to respond, but you could respond from a much deeper place because now already you're getting the, the tools to see where they're at and to help them recalibrate their perspective. That way, you know, they're not necessarily emotionally biased, they're not necessarily intellectually biased, or the conversation could have a, a, an agenda. If the, if the speaker wants an agenda, if the listener wants an agenda, or what the agenda is in a conversation altogether. But all in all, the tools we're sharing here are listening, overall listening tools to help a person become more effective, to help a person become more focused when they need to be focused, to help a person be more expansive when they need to be expansive, to help a person be, be more abundant oriented if they're too constricted to help a person be more constricted if they're too abundant if they're too general how to be more specific how to be more focused these are just some listening tools and again if we have any more tools uh, around listening that could help us be more effective to elaborate on when it comes to listening we will definitely uh, be generous and share them here so rock and roll all the best use these tools effectively and productively and uh, have happier and more meaningful relationships. Rock and roll.